1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount
0: using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CT Mobile.com.
2: Good yeah, <laughs> Diary. It's time to wake up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear.
0: This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports
1: on ninety-five-seven. The game. Come Triple- <laughs> on. Oh.
4: Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show. Ninety-five-seven. The game. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today but we do have a lot to talk about as the warriors move on to 23 and 24 on the season after getting the 116 to 102 victory over the Chicago Bulls last night at Chase Center and before we do any of that by the way coming up we also have some 49ers discussion is Uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch both spoke at a press conference regarding the one of the biggest trades, if not the biggest trade in 49er history. And uh, they were very candid, very open. So uh, wanted to get to a lot of that. And um, but I do want to start out with Warriors. And let's just play this sound. This was from February 8th in 2021. So Over a month ago, damn near two months ago, and I don't know if you remember, but this was the topic of conversation after the Warriors just lost to the Spurs in the fashion where Draymond just heaved it up at the end. Um, But Kerr was asked about Steph's minutes, and this is what he had to say. This is back on February, February 8th of 2021.
3: Not for me, you know. I'm I'm into the uh, the long game. You know, we're uh, we're we're counting on having Steph here for a long time, many many years ahead. I'm not interested in in grinding through this season, which is already a very difficult season given the uh, the COVID regulations and just the nature of the games themselves. You know, these eerie empty stadiums. This is, uh, for me, for our organization, you know, we're, we're not we're not throwing Steph out there for 40 minutes to, to chase wins. We've got another game tomorrow. We want Steph to be playing at a high level for many years, so we're going to stay very disciplined and try to keep him at that 34, 35-minute mark.
4: Now, after being out with his tailbone injury and being listed as questionable for the game last night, you heard Steve Kerr there. Again, that was from... That was from the beginning of February, when he was asked about increasing Steph's minutes, and his answer was he doesn't want to increase Steph's minutes because they're not out there chasing wins. But going into this game, when you'd lost four straight and you're the 10th seed in the playoffs, and the 11th seed, the Sacramento Kings, are a game behind you, and they've won seven of their last ten, while the Pelicans are right behind them And they're about a game and a half behind you. They're 6-4 and in their last 10. So the Warriors in that span, and of course they got the Spurs, the Mavs, and the Grizzlies all within uh, their tier from uh, all all ranked up to 7th. But seeing as how that's played out, seeing that they've lost 4 straight, Steve Kerr made the decision, look, if you can get Steph back, hey, Rick Celebrini, Team Doctor, if you can get Steph, back in time, if you give him the go-ahead, we're playing him. And that's exactly what they did. Excuse me, Rick Celebrini, the director of sports medicine and performance. So not exactly just the team doctor. Uh, But you bring back Curry, and good things happen. As Curry, yesterday, 30 minutes on the floor. He put up 32 points on 24 shots. And he also had six assists on the night. And he was just doing stuff that... You know, it just... The the amazing part is you could tell that he was hurt whenever he was falling down around the tailbone area because that's what happens with Steph. Steph's a very... uh, Even though, you know, he's a relatively smaller type of player and you don't exactly compare him to the likes of, you know, LeBron James as far as physicality, I think Steph Curry is an underrated physical player. And... He uh, you know, he was falling time and time again on his tailbone, and you could tell just the slow-mo replays that were being ran on NBC Sports Bay Area, the grimacing uh, that was happening. You could tell he was hurt after some of these plays, but when he was making them, it's like nothing ever happened. That alley-oop that he almost had to Wiseman... I believe it was just toward the end of the first half right before Draymond lobbed up that three and we'll get to Draymond in a second but there was a behind the back it was he was I don't know how he was even doing it he was dribbling to the hoop and somehow he without traveling he got it behind the back threw it up to Wiseman and if Wiseman would have thrown that down uh, or at least it would have been within Wiseman's vicinity that would have been Uh, The play of the year, possibly. Uh, But let's just play a couple of highlights as Steph Curry came back and we had... Kate Scott and Mary Murphy on the call last night. Take a listen to a couple of the highlights. Stephen Curry and the Warriors on top. Steph's
1: first three from the right wing is up and good. Welcome back, Stephen Curry. Left wing dribbling all the way down to the left block. Tries to drop it off to Draymond Green in the lane. Draymond comes away with it. Wiggins thought about the left wing three. Down to Curry. Left corner triple He's up and good. Bringing up the right wing behind the back. Behind the back again through the legs. Falls down to his knees. Keeps his dribble. Goes behind his back and lays it up and in from the right block are you kidding me Stephen curry put that one on the highlight reel oh my goodness the globetrotters got nothing on Stephen curry 14 points in this third quarter and still a buck 30 to go
4: the presence of steph last night was felt and it put a jolt into the warriors and overall as a team in recent memory this is just about as good of a three-point shooting night as they have had in its entirety uh, for the entire years, they shot forty-two percent uh, from beyond the arc, and there were twenty-eight assists total uh, on the night. But Steph was six of fourteen. Wiggins was three of five. Draymond was three of five. Now I mentioned with Draymond, you don't need him taking five threes a game. Hell, you don't. Need, you don't need him even taking four. But Draymond is at least going to get three open shots a game. And if he wants to take those open threes instead of trying to create a play that possibly isn't there, I'm all for it. But when Draymond is making those threes... That's when you know the Warriors are on. When Draymond is going three for five from beyond the arc, you know something is in the air with the Warriors at Chase Center when that's happening.
1: Five to shoot. Jordan Poole stops, terminates his dribble at the free throw line. Two to shoot. Draymond Green from the logo, and he hits it. Yes, sir, Draymond Green. 58-54, Warriors lead with two minutes play in our first half. Let's say that has Clay up on the bench. <laughs> That was for you, Clay Thompson. Come back soon.
4: Draymond. <laughs> what did I see on Twitter as soon as that happened? Logo Dre is what they called it. Look, I think what this game said mostly is, is look, there's no team that is going to beat the Warriors when they are shooting in that way, in that fashion. I mean, if the Warriors shoot 42% from three on 38 shots, and you compare that to the other team who only shot 25% on 24 shots, the Bulls, that is, um, I thought they gave uh, Zach Levine quite a few open looks, but I also thought that they were contesting a lot of his threes and doing everything possible in order to stop him. Vucevic, he was going to get his no matter what. He ended up having 21 points on the night with nine rebounds and six assists and he already had a triple double back when he was playing with the magic um, but it felt like in this game this is the type of one where you're just watching it and you're just thinking i mean there's i mean besides you know Jordan Poole who only made one of his uh, three pointers but you're just thinking nobody can miss in this one and it was just too much uh, for the bulls to overcome because anytime they started clawing their way back. The Warriors just started pulling more and more away, and the only guy who went over from the starting lineup uh, from three that actually attempted any was Kelly Oubre, but he had 18 points on his own with 11 rebounds, four of which were offensive, and these rebounds that Oubre was grabbing last night were so strong, and just the effort that he puts in every single time. You understand why the Warriors like him so much, and you know, when they were told that they had strong offers for Kelly Oubre. I wonder how strong they really were compared to what the Warriors think uh, that his worth is. But that's the type of guy going forward in this season. Keeping him on the roster, bringing Steph back from this tailbone injury a little bit earlier than expected, It does tell me a couple of things. Even though they're not going to be a finals contender this year, and they know that, hell, Western Conference title contender. This tells me that they understand where they're at right now and the fact that Steph played when they lost four straight and the teams behind you ranked 11th and 12th are surging as the Kings, again, are 7-3 and three in their last 10, while the Pelicans are 6-4 and four, uh, in their last 10. And these other teams start to gain ground on you. This team does want to make the playoffs, at the very least. This organization does. There's no such thing to them as tanking this season. They don't want to do that. They want to get the experience for the young players, if you can at least get into that play-in tournament. I mean, it's not going to get you pull- fully prepared for each round of the playoffs, but you never know what can happen uh, when you get to that play-in tournament. And if the Warriors are playing uh, at all like they did last night, then it's hard for a lot of teams to beat them the way that they were shooting. But uh 957 that's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything from last night's Warriors win over the Chicago Bulls, 116-102. Uh, to 102. But uh, Clay Thompson joined the broadcast with Kate Scott and Mary Murphy uh, last night. And just listen here to Clay as he had a couple of reactions to Kent Bazemore as well as Jordan Poole.
1: Hey, Clay, what do you think about the play of Kent uh, Bazemore tonight? Oh, right on cue. Knocks down the triple, Clay, right in front of you. <laughs> that's,
4: that's, that's all you need to know, Mary, right there.
1: Hey, Clay, what do you think about the play of Kent uh, Bazemore tonight? Oh! <laughs>
4: Love that. And then we also had a little Jordan Poole dunk, and Clay had his reaction to it. Bay he is everywhere. It down
1: the lane, passes out to Damon Lee, falling out of bounds, throws yes. it Yes. Yeah! Jordan Poole, Sorry. baseline jam. That's okay, Clay. Making way for you. Yeah, Jordan Poole will... got it right corner and drove down the baseline and jammed it home. I Clay. haven't seen
4: Jordan Duncan in a
3: while, so that got me out my seat.
4: <laughs> uh, it's the presence of Steph Curry. And there's another thing before we get to uh, Steve Kerr and what he had to say about the game in the next segment. When James Wiseman is scoring as efficiently as he was yesterday, I felt like it was creating a lot of open looks for guys like Wiggins and Oubre whenever they were driving to the hoop. Because Vucevic, when he was guarding the rim, instead of maybe trying to protect the mid range and instead of you know protecting just four feet out from the rim, instead of, uh, you know, protecting maybe eight, nine feet out, and, and he was he wasn't going out with Wiggins or Oubre and trying to stop him there, he was staying locked in on Wiseman because Wiseman had already showed early that he is a presence at the rim. That's another little thing from last night um, that I felt was uh, pretty apparent. Whenever you saw Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre go in for a bucket, you could just tell um, that you know it's up to Wiggins and Oubre, of course, to make that shot because whether it's a floater or if they even do kind of a turnaround jumper from the mid-range, I think that uh, I think that Wiseman was a big part of uh, why they were able to, why they were able to make some of their buckets last night and have relatively effi- uh, efficient scoring nights uh, for their standards. So just a just a solid game um, in this last one, and uh, overall, it's just hard to think that any team could beat the Warriors when they shoot forty two percent from three, uh, taking thirty eight of those shots but 888 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in steve kerr coming up next here 95.7 the game
3: now back to the pregame show on 95.7 the game
4: here's Stephen langford I mean is there any better song to play when you're in the bathroom getting ready for the day and this one comes on now if you haven't heard the lyrics the first line is it's important to practice good hygiene (laughs) oh man you know what i'm talking about if you must tell the funky homo sapiens nothing better 888-957-9570 888 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. Coming up at about 535, we're going to get into what Kyle Shanahan had to say at his first press conference ever since making uh, the it, it, his defining trade of being a head coach. The one that, to me... Shows you in the next three to five years, depending on where they're at, it shows you uh, what Kyle Shanahan's future will be with the 49ers. And we have yet to await the draft, which is uh, now officially less than a month away since it starts uh, on the 29th. But uh, we'll have a ton to discuss there. But at least Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch both were very candid in what they had to say. Um, So that will be coming up. But the Warriors last night. In Steph Curry's return, had just one of their more efficient games, in my opinion, winning one sixteen uh, to one hundred two. They were playing well on the defensive end. The only guy they couldn't stop was Vucevic, which is fine if he scores twenty one on you. Uh, that's not the worst thing in the world um, because he wasn't able to make any of his threes and he didn't get to the line uh, as much as I thought he would. And he also contested a lot of the threes from zach levine who is their number one guy he uh he's very efficient from the corner from the wing wherever he's just a good three-point shooter and he's also incredibly good at getting to the hoop but he only had 12 points last night on 16 shots and three of those points uh were from free throw attempts so really if you look at it Just shooting the basketball, he only had uh, nine points, really, besides the free throws. And I also thought that just the presence of Steph changes everything, and, you know, when – Guys like Draymond Green are getting their open looks. Andrew Wiggins getting their open looks. They're going to take them, And uh, last night they were able to knock them down. Both three for five uh, from beyond the arc. If you were to tell me uh, that at some point Wiggins and Draymond would combine uh, for six total threes, I probably would have said, what, so Wiggins made five of them and Draymond made one? No, they split between each other, and they both made uh, three each. But I think the most interesting thing to me uh, that came from this, and I played the sound clip earlier in the show. I'm not going to play it again. Um, But on February 8th in 2021, so earlier this year, Steve Kerr was asked about possibly increasing Steph's minutes. This was in that time when they lost to the Spurs in the last second and were wondering why Steph didn't come in. Uh, earlier in the game. And Steve Kerr mentions that afterward, they're not chasing wins. They're going to keep Steph Curry around the 35 to 36-minute mark. But fast forward about a month and a half later, even more than that, and you got the Warriors in the 10th spot right now, which is the last seeding you can have for the play-in tournament. And right behind them are the Sacramento Kings, who are 7-3 and three in their last 10, and only a game back of the Warriors. And then a Pelican. Then the Pelicans are 12th. They're a game and a half back of the Warriors, and they're 6-4 and four in their last 10. And Zion has just been unbelievable uh, as of late. I, I, I got some stats here from Zion, which are just crazy, which I can get to uh, later on. But when you're seeing those two teams surging and you want to get to this play-in spot and you're not tanking the season like people may think Um, just because he didn't sell off Oubre or trade away Oubre. But overall, I I think that the Warriors right now, even though they're not chasing wins, you could tell that bringing back Steph Curry last night, Steve Kerr uh, wants to get into that play-in tournament despite uh, being questionable for that game. But here's Steve Kerr just talking about how the feeling is ending a four game losing streak the biggest one that they've had uh, all season so far
3: well it's uh losing is miserable and uh you know when you go through a stretch you know four straight losses it covers a week uh the whole week is miserable uh that's the life that we live you know uh so when you win it's um it's euphoric um uh, everybody's happy food tastes better you know you sleep better the whole deal so uh it's, uh, this is what it's about is, um, trying to put it together and <clears throat> get wins so that, uh, we can all feel better and our fans can feel better. And, um, hopefully we can gain a little momentum from this. And I think I've told you guys the last couple of weeks, I think we're going to make a run down the stretch. I really believe that. And I thought, I thought tonight's game showed you why I believe that can happen. You know, we were, we were pretty good out there, um, tonight and, uh, no reason why we can't continue this and, and uh,
4: you know get on a good streak. And I think that last night was... It just shows the potential of what the Warriors can be. And when they're shooting 42% from the three-point line, it feels like at that point there aren't too many teams uh, that can stop them. But again, the return for Steph, that's really... He's the straw that stirs the drink, and that's really why uh, the Warriors last night just, they looked different. The energy uh, was different. And here's Steve Kerr talking about Steph and how he just opened things up, opens things up for everyone else on the court.
3: Well, I mean, you guys know this. and I mean, it's so obvious he just he changes everything. Just uh, being out on the floor, the game becomes so much easier for the whole team. So it opened things up for us, and I thought every guy on the floor played well. Every single guy out there. You know, Wiggs and, and Kelly were fantastic. You know, James really picking up, you know, the defensive coverages at four blocks. Loon and Bays off the bench, just fantastic. I could go on, but I thought, I just thought everybody followed suit, and that's the effect that Steph has. He makes the game easier for everybody.
4: I'm telling you, the gravity assist, the GA, that's the stat we're making for Steph. Yeah, you know, there, there was a stat from five thirty-eight once that was made for Draymond. I can't even remember the acronym because it's way too damn long and it's too wordy for me to even mention on the air. But it was a way in order to quantify a player closing out on whoever's taking a shot, which is what Draymond uh, was one of the best at doing. But Steph and the gravity that he creates—we need to create a stat for him: the gravity assist. I can guarantee you Steph would have at least 10 a game. And I wouldn't even account it for any other players in the league. Just Steph. And he would lead lead the league in gravity assists. Uh, But what Steve Kerr was saying toward the end there, talking about Wiseman, and uh, we'll get to Steve Kerr and what he had to say about Wiseman in just a second, but I thought that not only Steph's presence on the floor last night, but it was also the way that Wiseman on the defensive end, was resilient. Even though he got beat a few times by Vucevic, he was still keeping his confidence up, knowing that he's going to get the minutes. And he was playing good defense and came away with four blocks, as Steve Kerr mentioned. But it's also the presence that he had on the offensive end. Vucevic decided... I'm not going to, or I'm going to have to stay home on Wiseman. I can't go out and try and guard Oubre or Wiggins whenever they're driving to the hoop and possibly going to take a layup or try and step back for a mid range, whatever they're going to do. I got to stay home here and I got to try and guard this seven footer. When he's a threat on the offensive end, that also just opens things up for everybody. And you could leave Steph outside. Hell, I mean, we could bring in kent Bazemore, when he gets time uh with that starting unit kent basemore could stay on the outside and he can hit that corner three that he really likes when those two are on and then you got Draymond who's shooting three of five from the floor It, it was just working on all cylinders last night and steve kerr as i mentioned was talking about wiseman's development and uh here's steve kerr talking about the young rookie
3: yeah i think uh you know, it's, every game is important for, uh, James. He's learning so much, Um and it's the only way, uh, he can develop is, is through minutes on the floor. So, uh, good to see him out there for, you know, 28 minutes. And as I said, four block shots. I thought he was quicker to, to his rotations, uh, really battled. I mean, Vucevic is a an all-star center, tough matchup. And I thought James, uh, really did a good job fighting and, uh, competing out there.
4: Then coming up next, the Warriors, they have the Heat on Thursday and going up against Bam Adebayo. That's a tough matchup in itself. Then you got the Raptors in Toronto, and then you got the Hawks. So this three-game series on the road that they got with the Heat, the Raptors, uh, and Atlanta, then they come back to face the Milwaukee Bucks. This is a tough four-game stretch here. Um, But if they shoot as efficiently as they did last night, managing to shoot 42% overall from three and just playing good defense, locking them down from the three-point line and overall beating them just by that score. It's so simple. The three-pointer is better than the two-pointer. And one of the problems that the Warriors have had for this entire season is guarding the three-point line. They've been terrific. They've been a top five uh, defense as far as defensive rating goes, but they haven't been good guarding the three-point line. So if they manage to shoot like that while guarding the three-point line like that, there's not a team uh, that can beat them if they do that. But that's one of the biggest ifs. That's the biggest one in the Warriors' season. But triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero 9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. And my question to you, and this is for you 49er fans. Is Jimmy Garoppolo angry what you want? Is him being quote unquote pissed off something you want going into this season? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero because Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch spoke at a press conference yesterday talking about that trade up for the number three overall pick. And he had some stuff to say about Jimmy Garoppolo and his response to to that trade when Kyle Shanahan got on the phone with him. So wait till you hear that. That's all coming up. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game.
3: Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game.
4: Here's Stephen Langford. 888-957-9570 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything this morning. And good morning to all of you, except for you, 925 text. <laughs> we got some haters at 5 in the morning, everybody. Wake up, haters. Rise and shine. Before we get to what Kyle Shanahan had to say from his press conference, and I wanted to know from you on the text line or the phone number at 888-957-9570, wanted to know if a pissed-off Jimmy G is what you want going into this season. An angry Jimmy G. Because Kyle Shanahan spoke yesterday with John Lynch at the press conference and talked about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's response to Uh, just being told that, look, this trade is going to happen and there's going to be a lot given up and there's going to be a lot of talks surrounding the quarterback position and our team. So wait till you hear what Garoppolo's response was to that. But before we get to any of it, and this is just going to be the small little dose of baseball talk I'm going to give you. I promise not going to spend more than a minute on it. Opening day is on Thursday. It's weird. Giants versus the Mariners. I'm not. I'm. I mean, I don't know how I feel about interleague play to to start the season. But Dave Fleming, now 95.7, the game Giants Insider, going to be on with the morning roast every uh, every uh, Monday at 8 a.m. Here's Dave Fleming and gave us a little scoop as to something he heard regarding the rule changes in the National League. Here's Dave Fleming from yesterday. Just want to spend a quick minute on this.
0: Heard this weekend, there's still a decent chance that before Thursday, the DH will be back in play and the expanded playoffs will be back in effect for this year, both of which would be enormous for the Giants' prospects for the year. So I don't know whether I should believe that or not, but I was really surprised when I heard that. Oh, my
4: goodness. If you can get a universal DH, we'll see if this happens. You know, it's Only Tuesday, and we got till Thursday to see if the Universal DH and the expanded playoffs is a thing. But Dave Fleming mentioned yesterday, just kind of toward the end of his answer, he said he heard, you know, there's a rumor that it could come back, the the Universal designated hitter and the expanded playoff teams. And more likely than not, that would mean that The Giants get a much better chance of getting into playoff contention, making it all that much harder at the trade deadline when that comes around. Because if Kevin Gosman is the ace and he's absolutely dealing and he's your one piece that you can uh, trade for some good assets to help continue to develop your team, then (laughs) it's going to be tough. But I am very excited if this goes through. If the DH is back uh, with the National League and the expanded playoff teams are back as well because ever since Bum has been God for the Giants, that's the number one guy you wanted to see uh, the number one pitcher you wanted wanted to see hit in the batters box him and uh, him and Zach Granky both. but I mean with it's just I'm out on it. I'm out on I'm out on pitchers hitting at this point. You know, the strategy and all that's involved, I'm out. I'm out. Bring in the DH. Just make it a fair game. And if you're not going to make it the universal DH, then make every team's pitchers hit instead of splitting it up between the American, uh, American League and the National League. So uh, that'll conclude the baseball talk. We'll see if that comes up uh, on Thursday when we do a little season preview. But Kyle Shanahan. He spoke at a press conference yesterday, and Kyle Shanahan—he's under a microscope. And I think that this move, the trade up to number three—if you didn't hear me at all yesterday, if you didn't get into your car at five in the morning, and uh, you know decided that Monday was not your day to wake up early, and you're just waking up today uh, to get in your car now—I just think that this third overall pick it shows. That Shanahan and Lynch are going to be here at least for the next few years. But by the time this quarterback that they draft, by the time his rookie contract is up, and by the time Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle and uh, Trent Williams and Alex Mack, three years into it, if this quarterback hasn't shown that he has the potential to help guide this team through the playoffs, then I think you're going to be seeing the end of the Shanahan and Lynch era. This is one that is going to define them. The Garoppolo trade did, but then after last season, they had to make some sort of drastic move with Jimmy Garoppolo's contract ending in 2022, and this is what they needed to do. And I was saying the entire time that they need to draft, if they're going to take a quarterback in this draft and they expect them to be the franchise guy – Move up and take one within the top 10. Don't just sit at 12 and they actually traded away a lot more. And by the way, I, I'm tired of seeing they traded three first rounders. No, They swapped the first rounder this year and they traded the next two. So three first rounders just makes it sound way more than it is. Now, it's already a lot. You know, two first rounders and a third is essentially what it is, and you and you swap picks uh, in this year's draft. I, mean, I don't know. I just see three first rounders, and I'm like, okay, but that sounds way, just sounds way worse than it actually is. They still have a first rounder this year. It's not like they don't have uh, a first rounder with that third pick. My goodness. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan yesterday was speaking to the media and was asked about Jimmy Garoppolo starting because we had that weird report. We had Adam Schefter come out and say, yeah, the 49ers are trading up to the number 3 pick and gives all these details. And then a few minutes later, tweets out, sources also say that Jimmy is still the starting quarterback. What weird timing. But Kyle Shanahan was asked about that and whether Jimmy is the starter going into this season
0: right now I and mean, jimmy it's going to be hard to find a quarterback that gives us a better chance to win than jimmy right now uh, especially even a rookie in the draft so that's what you look into now if someone wanted something for that and it can make your team better in a lot of other ways you, you listen to that but also depends on how good you feel about that rookie and we're not there yet right now and odds are we probably won't be that's why we're happy that we don't have to be that way uh, we got a guy in here who we know we can win with a guy that our players love that we love and Um, We're excited to have him this year, and we're excited to have a hell of a quarterback right behind him um, learning from when the time says.
4: And I think that this is going to be very fascinating going forward because you got Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch attending Mac Jones's Pro Day while Adam Peters, the assistant GM, is attending Justin Fields' Pro Day. But Kyle Shanahan actually cleaned that up. This is this is something uh, that needed to be said. Glad they asked about it. Here's Kyle Shanahan talking about why they're going to Mac Jones's pro day, but not Justin Fields yet.
0: You know, we we have people at all the spots. You know, a lot of people we trust and people we meet with here over the next month. I normally don't like to go to them a bunch um, unless I feel I need I have to, unless I have to for some reason. But I also have been kind of grown up in the idea that you don't like to go everywhere and show people things. And when you're sitting at 12 and stuff, I don't want to go to a bunch of quarterback pro days and things like that. Um, now that you move up to three, you don't have to hide as much. Um, it's not as big of a deal to me as it might've been when we were sitting at 12. Um, also, you know, Alabama's already had one. This is their second one. And just talking with, uh, you know, with Fields' agent and everything, you know, we'll get another one from him too. So we'll be able to see him. So that kind of made it an easy decision.
4: So (laughs) we saw that report yesterday. Ooh, wait a second. Wait, what does this mean? Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are attending Mac Jones's pro day, but they're not attending Justin Fields. What's going to happen? Oh, wait a second. No, it's okay. We're actually getting another pro day from Justin Fields. We'll have another time to see him. Don't worry about that. Uh, but that is interesting, the way that he talks about that. Um, just going to pro days in general. You know, wanting to keep that more of a secret. But now, with the number 3 overall pick, it makes it a little, a little bit easier to have some representation at every Quarterbacks pro day.
0: Man, I'm not. You can't work these guys out. You can't go out to dinner with them, but you got to find out a lot more about these guys. How do you do that without tipping your hand off to everyone? And that was also one of the frustrating things to be sitting there like, man, we don't want to go try to see someone or do all this stuff or be zooming all the time. And now everyone knows how hard we're trying to do something. You get to three, you don't have to mess with that stuff. And I think that gives us a better chance um, now to do our due diligence because we don't have to really play any games in that way.
4: And I think this trade up it's interesting because everyone is saying you gotta start a top five quarterback you do if you're gonna pick one within the top five he needs to be the starter but you don't always have to go with tradition (laughs) you know this is a This is a different type of situation that the 49ers are in compared to a lot of teams. You know, it's not like the Packers when they took Jordan Love uh, in the middle of the first round. It's not like that. This is one where, oh, you're trading up and you're getting that number 3 pick knowing that a quarterback is most likely going to be taken and you're already, already having some question marks surrounding your quarterback I mean, there's something there, but by the way that Kyle Shanahan is speaking, and the way that he talks about Jimmy G, and the way that, that the way that um, we've heard him, Garoppolo will be the starter in 2021 by week one, but he's got a lot that he needs to prove. You know, who knows what it's like coming back from two different high ankle sprains, getting one toward the beginning of last season. And then coming back and then getting essentially a whole new high ankle sprain. How will Garoppolo come back from that? How will he rebound? That's going to be a big question going into this season. We got Duriel in San Jose who wants to weigh in. What's going on, Duriel?
2: Hey, good morning. morning. Nice guy. Uh, Yeah, man, you know, you guys strike a nerve every time you bring up the quarterback (laughs) situation. You know, because 49er fans we've seen excellence yeah we're used to our quarterback being the best quarterback in the league mm-hmm. and stuff like that and putting up crazy stats and numbers and things so you know uh whatever it takes to get Jimmy D to play better you know we want him to be aware of the situation at hand you know you got to understand that you know winning the Super Bowl can cure all this it can put him you know in the position where he's the one calling the shots and, and, and everything and making demands and stuff like that you know uh, you know, we love him and everything as far as his personality and, you know, he, he looks like what you want your starting quarterback to look like and stuff like that. But, you know, we demand excellence. We want the Super Bowl or it's all or nothing right now, Jimmy G. So, you know, uh, you know, you got to understand that winning that Super Bowl, you know, guys will have a job for the rest of their career. They can go on TV and talk about football and everything and talk about back when they were a champion and stuff. It means a lot. You know what I mean? It means more money for guys on their next contract. You know they can go and play for one of the. You know somebody's going to want them on their team just because they were a champion. You know guys want to be running for a thousand yards and and receiving a thousand yards and everything like that. They want to you know you know break some of Jerry Rice's records and things and stuff like that. So you know that's what we that's what we need from our quarterback. Anything less is unacceptable, and you got to go. And you know we're making that well aware. You know, you know he needs to be well aware of that and everything that he's got to play better and he's got to step it up and win us that ring because that that's all you know that's what we're about 49ers
4: all right Duriel, thanks for the phone call man and with Garoppolo too even though he's under contract not only this season but the season after it's only gonna be costing them one and a half million dollars and they still got some room to spend. Going into next season, as far as their salary cap is concerned, at least what it's uh, what it's projected to be. So, even if they they have the room and they have the luxury to pay that extra one and a half million, if they do end up cutting him in 2022, I mean if they if they win the Super Bowl this year, then that's great. You know that's that's awesome. Obviously, you win a Super Bowl. With Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. But I do wonder what's going to happen with the rookie at that point. Does that make, you know, Garoppolo a tradable piece? Because at this point, right now, we are on that side where Garoppolo is, whatever he does is going to be scrutinized, right? As soon as he throws like two interceptions in a half, which could happen with Garoppolo, as soon as that happens, fans are going to be calling for that rookie to come in. Fans are going to be calling for it. And even if they're winning games, if Garoppolo doesn't have an efficient day, all eyes are going to be on Garoppolo. All eyes are going to be on him. And if he does end up leading this team to the playoffs and even to a Super Bowl... I think now that conversation could look completely different. I think it could look it could look at the point where you're saying, wait, I think maybe we should sign Jimmy G to another long term if he could get this team back to the Super Bowl. Like that whole, everything is going to change if that happens. It's almost as if the 49ers right now, they're planning for Garoppolo to be the starter in 2021, but... In the year after that, it seems like they're more so planning uh, for the future here and getting the quarterback, the rookie quarterback, a year of backup work um, just to at least understand the system and understand how things go and understand how these play actions work in the schemes and the run game and the just the dynamics of everything. And I will say this though that at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero that's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Uh, Mac Jones, I've seen some comparisons to Matt Ryan, and if Kyle Shanahan likes the Matt Ryan types, then you see that and you're thinking, Eesh. I I mean, who am I? Like a lot of people are down on Mac Jones right? Even though he had uh, the most accurate stats, not necessarily with the deep ball, but with the short to intermediate passes and throwing outside the numbers and all of those different things. But for some reason, fans just don't want him probably because he was with Alabama and all the talent that he's had around him. You never know. And his inability to maybe perform in the big game, whatever it is, small sample size. Um, I'm going to have to wait till I see it. But when I'm seeing comparisons to Matt Ryan, I don't know. That's not the type of comparison for me that would get me excited, but I think it's the type that would get uh Kyle Shanahan excited. Speaking of which, this is this is interesting. So, yesterday Kirk Cousins was brought up. And we always talk about that. We always talk about how Kyle Shanahan had a fascination with Kirk Cousins and I personally believe that two years ago, if Kirk Cousins was brought to this 49er team, I think he'd actually be looking like a different quarterback uh, than he's looked in Minnesota because he's had a defensive-minded head coach with Mike Zimmer. Um, Kevin Stefanski was a great offensive coordinator, but they're constantly looking to run first, and it just didn't seem to work out in Minnesota. I think that Kirk Cousins couple of years ago, I think it could have looked like a different quarterback under Kyle Shanahan's system. But now, seeing how he's performed in Minnesota in the past couple of years, looking back, you're thinking, wow, why was Kyle Shanahan thinking about Kirk Cousins? Well, here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say when he was asked about his love for Kirk Cousins.
0: But if you can't sit in that pocket and play the position, eventually it's not going to matter. So they both go hand in hand to say that my prototypical guy is someone like Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's just everyone knows my history of Kirk. We drafted him in the fourth round of Washington. I got to coach him for three games and we were fired. I left Thought we'd have a chance to get him here in free agency. Um, and I would have loved to have him in free agency until Jimmy came along the year before. Cause I thought we could have won with them um, just like Minnesota has just like uh, I think Kirk does a good job for whatever team he plays for every year. Um, there's a number of quarterbacks like that. Um, but to, that's the only one I've been associated with. Cause people thought I was trying to bring him here, which I was at the time. It's not because that's how you draw it up. If you're going to draw it up. You're going to draw the the biggest, fastest, strongest and best quarterback in the pocket. So, I think that's pretty ridiculous to say that, but I also tell you I love Kirk. Kirk's I know I'm not allowed to talk about other players, but <laughs> I it's, he, Kirk's a hell of a player and a lot of people be lucky to have a quarterback like that.
4: And I think that with Cousins too one thing that Shanahan might not have taken into account was how badly Cousins plays in the big spots. You know, being 0 on Monday Night Football, I'm not sure if that streak still stands. I actually think he might have gotten his first uh, Monday Night Football win earlier this year. But that says something. And I think with this third overall pick, something I hope Kyle Shanahan can consider is not only just all the tangible stuff, all the stuff you can see in their pro day. The arm, the the athleticism, how well they work in the pocket, the footwork, everything like that. But they need to understand how well this player can take pressure. Because if you're the third overall pick and you got two other first-rounders and a third-rounder spent for you, That's a clear indicator that if the starting quarterback on this team, that being Jimmy Garoppolo, doesn't play well, then it's on you, young fella. It's on you to keep Shanahan and Lynch hired with this team as they've extended the contracts of guys like Kittle, Juszczyk, Trent Williams... Alex Mack, we'll see what they do with the offensive line. And that's not to say they're not going to make any more additions going forward because a lot of stuff can happen. They still have all their other draft picks. They still have other free agencies to consider. So it's not like they're just going to be with this roster and only this roster moving forward. It's going to look completely different. Um, You know, It could look completely different in three years' time. But you do have that core of Kittle, Juszczyk, and Williams on the offensive end. And then you also got Brandon Ayuk going into his second year, gonna play out his rookie contract. You know that if you're the third overall pick, then you have that that weight, that weight on your back that <laughs> is saying, Look, it's on me. So I don't know if there's any player who you can really tell is ready for that. I don't know what it would take in order for coaches to see that. But if you're going to pick this player, not only do they need to be talented and need to be pro-ready, possibly by the middle of this season, not only that, but you need to make sure uh, that you have a guy who understands how to handle all the outside noise, all the national spotlight, everything. Because we love to pay attention to the quarterback. And the 49ers are one of the most, for the past four or five years, they've been one of those controversial teams regarding quarterbacks. There's always someone who has two opposing sides to whatever they're doing. So he was very candid. I recommend you check out the entire thing uh, if you can. But uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, both very open uh, about the whole situation. All right, coming up next, we got Kate Scott, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, and bonte hill and kate is of course fresh off call of the game with the warriors win over the bulls as steph curry had a big night but thanks so much for joining me everyone i'll be back tomorrow at 5 a.m right here on 95 7 the game